Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wide Open Podcast. We are working on the second installment of the Wide Open Podcast road trip. I'm your host, Jeffrey Garrison, and I'm joined here today with Mr. Dane Daniels. How are you, sir? Doing well, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great now Now that I see you. It's been seven years, and Man. and I feel like we, we've got that relationship where we're like those friends, you know, we, we pick right back up. That's and right. Um, and we'll probably get into a little bit of our history and how we met and, and things like that. I hope so. But um, I know you're you're a small business owner. You're in a transitional period. So I'm really excited to get into this episode and kind of just see what your story is and, and what small business life has been like you been like for you. So you ready? Let's do it, man. All right, let's kick this one off. Second installment of the Wide Open Podcast Road Trip. Um, I'm joined by by joined with Dane Daniels, who is the owner. Sure, yeah, sure. That, yeah. Uh, oh, of of two sure. AS, mm-hmm. and um, I have no idea what two AS is. I, I kind of do. I know I know it's like guns, but just guns. <laughs> um, and I, I'm sure you'll give a lot more input onto that um, into that. So. Man, I just wanted to start off and just kind of just give you a chance to give the the listeners um, uh, a little history, a little intro about yourself. Sure. Um, maybe you can give your your take on how we met. That was a eventful week when in Gold <laughs> Castleberry. Um, oh, so yeah, I, I might let you tell that story. I, I want to sure. listen to it. Sometimes sure. people ask me about it all the time, and I. I I tell it differently each time, so <laughs> that'd be a fun story to relive oh, real yeah. quick. Oh yeah, um, and then yeah, if you, man, just what you do, what you're gonna do, what you've been doing, family, whatever you want to talk about sure. to to introduce yourself to to the listeners. So yeah, man, who is Dane Daniels? Oh man, um, that is a deep question. I'm not ready for, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So um, you know, Jeffrey, you and I, we met. Gosh, I guess. When you got married seven years ago, I guess we had probably met, what met two years prior or a year prior. I moved to Florida, just mm-hmm. north of uh, Destin. Um, I moved there in 2013. Okay, Ooh, and then I moved to Indy in like late 2014, early 2015. Mm-hmm. So it was prior to Indy. It was definitely, yeah, because I was still yeah. living in Florida because I drove yeah. um, over to Orlando. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say that was very early, very early 2014. Okay, gotcha. if I had to guess, because I was doing a little grand opening. Yeah, yeah, you were doing the circuit street. type stuff. Yep. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Yeah, because you went to Corpus Christi right after. Yeah, Corpus. And, and then, then I went to Corpus right after you did. because You it, followed it, up. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. store needed some help yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> a lot did. of ways. Yeah, no, so so it was funny, you know, uh, you and I meeting um, in Florida. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, you know, it's like the stepbrothers scene where it's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> like, that's exactly how it felt. It was hilarious, man. We just had similar humors. You know, we, we just understood each other. We were both hard workers, both driving for the same goal at the time. Sure. 
Um, and, uh, man, we just hit it off and it was a lot of fun, dude. That trip in Florida was hilarious. There's so many funny things about it <laughs> that I keep going back in my mind. And from, from Jeffrey trying to race some money in a minivan to like, to, <laughs> did we get pulled over like on our way home one night? Oh, like, man, it, I, you didn't, maybe of, I didn't think I had my lights on or something. It was, it was, oh, yeah, yeah. It, there was so yeah, much, there was so much happening on that trip and it was a blast, man. We met, <laughs> met some cool people. We had Mark with us, dude. We had yep. like, I mean, just a, a crew. It, it was, it was the, it was the all, it was the all star game of, of chick-fil-a grand openers yes it, and it's funny because like not not saying the results were all star all, all star rific but uh, yeah i don't know about the store but it'd be yeah. like it'd be like tom brady and the 2010 patriots <laughs> losing to like the cleveland browns or something you know or, we we laid an egg we, <laughs> we we had an entire team there that was rock stars and so we just got too caught up in our own silliness and yeah we we sucked <laughs> so um but it was fun man i look back on that trip and a lot of fun memories but uh but yeah so you know kind of our, our journeys were interesting then you know headed in the same goal same direction you know with chick-fil-a and you know, if anyone's familiar with Chick-fil-A's system and process, you know that it's, there's so much from within hires. It's, you know, there's, well, gosh, how many applicants a year for a store? And it's like, I mean, primarily 95% are guys who have been bred, guys and girls been bred Mm -hmm. from within, um, have, have been on the circuit, we call it kind of in that, in that traveling for different grand openings, and then, you know, uh, going around different cities and kind of planning ourselves and working there. And so, Jeffrey and I were very much on the same paths. And so obviously had a lot in common. And, um, you know, one way or the other, those paths ended up, you know, kind of ending um, for one reason or the other, you know, years, you know, a few years down the road. And, um, you know, it was it was uh, my time to to bow out um, for multiple reasons, but it was certainly my time to bow out and um, really wanted to kind of reconnect my roots back to Nashville, um, because Nashville was really obviously starting to grow. And, my network. Were you there. living in Nashville at the time? When yeah, in Florida? yeah. So I, I was, I was basically traveling every week. So like, I wasn't. Right. I was technically living there. I had an address in Nashville, but I wasn't really there. I mean, I was like <laughs> in Denver to Texas to, I mean, you know, Arkansas. Like, yep. <laughs> it was everywhere. But mm-hmm. it was fun. I mean, we were young. We were, you know, we could, we could do that. Mm-hmm. Didn't have kids <laughs> or a wife, <laughs> so sure. it was a different time. Um, but yeah, so I was living in Nashville, moved back, um, started working for a company called D One. Um, That's right. Doing doing a similar thing I was doing for Chick Fil A because they were starting to franchise. And um, dude, I actually uh, got fired from D One. Um, really? Because I, I never. I don't. I think you were still at D one at my wedding, were you not? Yeah, I was. I th- I think yeah, because at least and I were dating, so that was around mm-hmm. that time. Okay. So. You know, it was and it was like the last couple of months of me having that job that um, that Elise and I started dating, and I had never been fired from anything ever. Like it was, it was shocking. I didn't see it coming. It was weird. It was the whole thing was weird. And you know, it's funny. Like you know, I I still know a lot of those guys, especially at the you know the, the C suite level. Um, you know, good friends of mine, and <laughs> we, you know, kind of see each other like, "What's up, man?" Like as if it never happened, you know, type thing. And and it is, it's no harm, no foul. I, you know, it, I was young, I was stupid, I probably wasn't very good at the job. You know, like who knows, man? Like whatever, like I don't care. But it was just, it was a learning experience for sure. And I, um, in the midst of that, uh, I had met um, uh, a CEO of another company, it's a medical company that I'd say I feel like yeah, I remember something about like, yeah, and they they specialized cool. basically in. Um, uh, life-saving practices. So like 
all your BLS certifications for hospitals and nurses and everything, and then overseeing um, uh, defibrillators, like any of mm. your class three medical devices. Mm-hmm. So we would we did all that. So that led into um, basically overseeing operations for the company, um, okay. and um, then COVID hit. Um, oh, and you know, okay. in the meantime, it's funny COVID's like a like a like a time. Like it's a checkpoint for everyone. It it's really like is. if you get if you get lost, like, when was this? Just say COVID. Pre COVID, like, oh, post COVID. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, twenty twenty. <laughs> interesting time. Yeah, and and you know, before all that, obviously got married with a got married to Elise. Um, had our little son Tennessee. He's now four years old. Um, he's a wild man. He's a lot of fun, dude. He's everything that a four year old boy is. Um, and uh, a lot of fun, dude. And and you know, we bought a house and then sold a house and all sorts of craziness. Okay. And, um, so just uh, and then so COVID happened, and um, uh, the company I was working for, that medical company, um, basically started cutting people kind of left and right on okay salaries and all sorts of different things and um, frustrating, but. Also understandable. I mean, the 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 uh, owner and founder had been through the 08 uh, crash with that same company. And mm. so probably a little panic mode of like, oh, shoot, you know, here's 08 all over again. Like, and, and everything's medical. Like, so like, we suddenly can't go places. And like, we are, that is literally our mantra was on-site services. <laughs> so, so we're, you know, who, I mean, again, neither here nor there, whether I agreed with that move or not, he's the chief, he mm-hmm. makes the move. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I'm out. Um, so um, bounced from that and tried to figure out what I was going to do next. I started selling roofs. <laughs> um, started. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when did yeah. I talk to you Man, about that? You probably, like you, you told me a, we had a conversation about roofs. Don't ask me when it was, man. I, I, I you like messaged me maybe, or you texted me or something. And I, Cause I had started, you know, playing the whole Instagram game and like putting, you know, Dane, the roof guy and like all this stuff and like really putting a brand behind it to build up the, and you were probably like, what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, it was just an interesting time, dude. Cause like, honestly, it was a lot of fun. Like I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. Sure. You know, but it was a lot of fun, dude. Like I, uh, I learned a lot about, uh, contract work, which I never really thought I would be doing that. Um, learned a lot about what a proper roof is supposed to do and, and look like and all that stuff. I mean, I could, I could tell exactly how to re-roof a house now, which is super random, you know? <laughs> and Was uh, there a tornado? I feel like you were, was there a tornado or something that had happened? I feel like you. Dude, it was like almost right. It was probably a few months after I started, like a huge storm came through Nashville. And okay. like, and like, it was, I mean, it wasn't like super huge tornado, but it was like hail the size of baseballs. And like that. It like my whole business just went crazy. I feel like that, that. that's when I talked to you. You're you're right in the throes of yeah, that. Yeah, and so that was wild. I mean, like you do, you talk about just slinging. Like you're <laughs> you're making stupid money off off roofing, but it's hard work and it's it's very cyclical, right? So like mm. you're you're mm-hmm. you know you're feeling the the you know the high of oh you yeah know, making fifteen grand in a month, and then suddenly like Are two months later back? you yeah. make like zero. Like <laughs> you're like oh this is this kind of sucks, you know? Because uh, you know there's only so many roofs and there's only so many storms. Uh, and you know, again, you're, I was working for a really good contractor. Dude's great guy, super honest and, um, respect. I have a great relationship with him now still. Um, great. He's a great dude. And I would, I would have him put my roof on, you know, he's Mm. a great guy. Um, so, you know, in the midst of all of it, um, it was actually when Elise and I started dating. Um, I've always been a gun guy. That's been my, um, you know, I've always loved firearms, pistols, you know, whatever, AR-15s, you name it, whatever. And, um, 
I didn't, uh, I actually was tinkering with my own. I had a Glock 19, um, was playing around with it and was like, I started seeing this, what's known as stippling S T I P P L I N G. I was wondering how to say that. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say <laughs> it's it not until stipling. I heard you say that. <laughs> I hear I, Yep. That's I hear what I would have said. Stimpling, stipling, stopling, <laughs> like all sorts of things. So stippling. Sammy, slimpy, slappy. <laughs> Samsonite. Samsonite, you name it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's funny, like it, stippling is actually an art form. So okay. it, it's it's like where you're taking something and you're constantly making tiny little dots and markings on it. Um, there There's like linoleum prints you can do stippling on where you put it into a printing press. And so like you carve it out and, and, and basically dot it and make shadowing and stuff. And so huh. that's stippling is an art um, as opposed to like just on guns, right? Okay. I was an art major my first year of college, which throws everybody off all the time. They're like, what? <laughs> you were an artist? <laughs> like, it's super random, right? And, uh, and um, I, uh, when I, so I went to school and was forced to do art I didn't like doing, so I stopped because like, I was like, this is dumb. Um, but lo- always loved art, loved to sketch, loved to paint, loved to draw, whatever it might have been. Really? Okay, I did not know just that. Had a, just, had, you know, just had a natural eye for it and just excelled at it when I was in a class for it. And, um, so with that being said, when Elise and I were dating, I started tinkering around with some guns, um, saw this process known as stippling on, on, on guns on primarily, uh, polymer firearms. So sure. anything that's not a steel framed gun, um, you can stipple it. So um, a Glock would be perfect. A Glock, a Glock, you know, SIG 365s, uh, whatever, you know, you name it, anything plastic bottom basically. And, um, we, uh, I started doing it in my garage, messing around. Uh, it was actually in my parents' garage, the first one I ever did. And then did a few in like my apartment complex on the patio. Like it's like anywhere I could get space to do it. And, you know, before, and so, you know, with social media, everybody, no, everybody is, knows that like, look, like it, it, social media is run in a more liberal aspect of only allowing certain things to be available and seen on things like Instagram, Facebook. It wasn't always that way. And so when I first started doing this, I started posting pictures of the stuff I was doing and it blew up like people thousands and thousands of likes and thousands of views. And really, like, I mean, it was crazy because there was no algorithm working against those, those things like firearms. Um, now there is. Um, so now, you know, it's a whole lot harder to advertise anything like that on social media platforms now. Um, so, but before then, it was just crazy. People were like, and that's people's. I started and you were using, just doing this as, as your. This side. wasn't. This wasn't a uh, your the business. No, yet. no. Okay. This was four or five years ago. So okay. be- before it was ever two AS. Before there was ever a brand anything, I was just tinkering and I was doing it for free. Like guys were just like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I was like, "Sure, it's cool, whatever." Because I wasn't nearly at a level to be charging people for it. You know, sure, it's like sure, <laughs> yeah. there's no way I'm charging somebody for that. Um, I look back at some of my old stuff. I'm like, oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's awful. But, um, so I, I was doing it and, uh, basically, um, uh, the Instagram thing kind of took off and social media really changed the game in the gun industry for a lot of reasons. You have your classic, what you would call gunsmithing, right? So like, you know, your, your duck hunters, your deer riflemen, guys like that, that need things, bolts done and, and, um, you know, Woodstock stuff done and re-rifling all those things. Right. What happened is there was this transition within the last five to seven years where that slowly began to fade out of there being money to be made in that industry. Really? Um, lots of, and I mean, you talk to any gunsmith, any um, uh, gun shop, um, the, basically they, they probably only have gunsmithing available so that it's a one-stop shop at their gun shop, not to make money. 
because what happens is people that are coming in that want that gunsmithing work done aren't usually willing to pay what it's actually valued at paying. Mm-hmm. So you have really low margin on mm-hmm. what you're paying this expert gunsmith versus what the customer's willing to pay, right? And so you you, you run into an issue. Um, and now you have what these this custom gun world where everyone's like doing Cerakote, where they're doing crazy looking colors on guns, doing stippling like I do. They're throwing compensators on their guns or throwing... Um, you know, optics on there now and like all this different stuff. And these pistols and rifles began to, they became showpieces um, and, and showpieces that function. So, so sure. like, it's not just something you hang on the wall. Something, I mean, 70% of my clients never shoot their guns. I mean, sure. <laughs> just being real, like right. they don't run their stuff, but it, it's fine to each his own. Um, but 30% do. So like you have this cool mixture of um, functionality versus art and showpiece um, okay. for people and so what I started learning was, okay, well, there, there's, a, there's probably three or four big dogs that I found that are, were legit. They were doing this as a true business and making pretty good money doing it. And I was like, I feel like I could figure that out. Like I, I looked sure. at theirs and I looked at mine and I'm like, mine's not far off, you know? And so I just kept practicing, man, um, on my side time. Um, and when the roofing thing started, um, I was doing more of the guns. Um, there were more, especially locally, there was a ton of local work. Then, um, a friend of mine who, um, he owns a company called Mossy Creek custom, um, used to be in the gunsmithing world, um, was in the AR world before, uh, before mass production AR 15 started. Um, basically AR 15s were uh, more commodity, um, and less of like all over the place, um, like, like they are now. And they built out a line, Mossy Creek Custom built out a line, and, and then all of a sudden Palmetto State started selling them for 700 bucks. and now there's no margin. Now you can't, what are you going to do now? You know, because mm. these guys bought all the parts up, mm. started selling mm. them for super cheap. Mm-hmm. There's no way to sell your $1,200 Yeah, I was rifle. thinking about that, like, I, I, I don't know, a year or two, two years ago, I don't know, it was back before COVID, uh, I was just looking at prices of stuff, and I was like, and I was like, AR for 600 bucks, 700 bucks. Like what in the world, <laughs> yeah, man? When you rewind 10 years ago, you couldn't find one under 1500 bucks. Right. And, and like, it's, it, and it all, I mean, it had to do with market. I mean, market rate, right? Like what is, what does the market do? The market meets the demand mm-hmm. and, and people um, who have big pockets um, buy up everything. And then part of like it's Walmart, it's a Walmart mm-hmm. mentality, right? And so um, then everyone else has to compete. And so small mom and pop who are building their own AR lines can't compete anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's kind of what happened with Mossy Creek Custom. And uh, But my friend kept the LLC, kept the FFL, which is you have to have the FFL in order to do transfers and ship anything in and out of the states. So um, he kept all that, had it operating, you know, operating, I say, probably did $500 a month of, of side business. Sure. You know, he was, this wasn't his main gig, still isn't. And um, I asked him because I had people reaching out to me saying, hey, how can I get my gun to you? Um, because I'm not in Nashville or I'm not in Tennessee. What can oh, I do to get my gun to you? Yeah. And I'm like, well, let me look into what it takes to get an FFL, LLC, all that stuff. And the problem was um, HOAs. I could not get an FFL under because of HOA issues. And really? I could not run a business out of my home because of HOA, right? So then... Basically, kind of all at the same time, I look at my wife and I'm looking at the market of Nashville and like what our home value is and everything. And I'm like, hey, babe, um, you know, our one of our primary goals was to get her home 
to, to raise our kids was to stop having to work full time. That was one of our goals personally. And okay. she, cause, cause her job, she was traveling a lot. Like mm. the, I think for the first six months of our son's life, she was on the road probably three days a week. Really? It was rough. It was, it was a brutal time. It was a very hard season, especially for her when she's supposed to be bonding with her sure, little boy. Sure. And so that was very hard. And I watched her go through that and I struggled because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, why can't I find something to provide where we don't have to worry yeah, about this anymore? Tough. And it was, yeah. fr- it was very frustrating for me. And, you know, we, we looked at other things for her and tried to figure out other jobs and, you know, it just wasn't working out. Things weren't happening. And she had, but she had great benefits. It was, it paid very well. It was, it was really a safety net for us, especially when I had to leave my other company mm-hmm. and like, didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. It was a true safety net. But we started looking at, um, you know, our bills and our debt and stuff like that. And like what our home value was, was at and all these things. And I'm like, Hey babe, we could sell our home. We could pay off all our debt, still have plenty of money in the bank for a down payment later on. And we could rent for a time and, and watch the market and see what the market does. And I was like, you, this means you quit your job. This means that we, we've got a, a, very, very dear friend of ours who have a, they have a house in what's called Creve Hall in Brentwood um, that they have allowed us to rent basically open-ended of like, Hey, like, you know, stay there as long as you want. We want you guys closer to community. Um, we we're really tight knit with them at our church and um, we, we co-lead a life group with them. So like we're, awesome. you know, they yeah. were like, Hey, um, we would, we would love for you to come rent this place. They were moving into their dream home. They had built a dream home for themselves and, and we're, they were like, Hey, come rent this from us. And, you know, he's sitting there watching his value go up. He doesn't care. He's like, I got a great renter and value's going up. Yeah. Right. And, um, so for him, you know, and again, as a, as a dear friend, you know, he was like, Hey, like we would rather y'all be closer, um, and be in our community. And so, um, so we pulled that trigger, man. Um, we, we, and figuratively and <laughs> not literally, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and, but my, what the, the whole rub to this too was, um, my shop, uh, that I work out of Mossy Creek custom, three minutes from the rental house. Oh, sick. So, so basically I could take this brand I was creating 2AS, which stands for second amendment stippling. So 2AS, the second amendment stippling. That's awesome. So, so we, we, this brand I was creating, I was like, how can I expand it? Because I can't really afford to like rent a shop space in Nashville. It's not going to happen. Um, it's right. way expensive. Um, and even if I did, it would take time to build out the LLC and the FFL and get all that stuff done. And I would have to pause and wait all that to get done and then dump more money into it to make it happen. Right. Which would have been okay. But my friend who owns Mossy Creek Custom was like, Hey, just come work out of my shop. 2AS can be a brand under my LLC and I'll 1099 you. And I was like, and he was like, so you have no risk at mm-hmm. all. Like you don't pour any money in. You, right. you literally are just a brand. You own your domain name. You own your your Instagram name. You you've got your uh, all that stuff, and you just operate under our LLC. Um, and I was like, all right. And he was like, and just for a season, see where it takes you. You know. Um, and so while I was doing the roofing, um, was building up two AS out of his shop. Okay. Um, and we're we're still there today. Um, but two AS, you know, I, I say blow up. It, blowing up is relative, right? Blowing sure. up is not, not Bitcoin. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, if it did that, we would, you know, it would be a different story, but like, you know, it, it blew up relative to what I ever thought it would be. Wow. And it became suddenly a full-time thing. I had to drop the roofing and, um, it, it really became something big. Um, and again, when I say big, big for us and our family, mm-hmm. right? So with all that being said, um, 
you know, it was becoming its own brand. I actually launched a what's called 2AS Training Group. Um, and uh, 2AS Training Group is a, a group of uh, instructors, uh, you know, a mixture of military, law enforcement, civilian guys um, who um, basically have a heart to teach. And what we decided to do was, you know, a group of probably four or five of us, um, we decided to uh, say, hey, look, we there's a, there's a gap here that we can clearly see. Mm-hmm. There's... Uh, I think as of this year, since the beginning of COVID, there's now 9 million new gun owners in the United States. 9 million new. Not, oh, I had a gun, I bought another one. Mm. I never had a gun, and I bought one. Mm. 9 million. That's, to me, is, uh, heck yeah, America, right? Like, I love that. And I'm I'm all about the freedom, but I'm also like, oh, no. Sure. (laughs) There's a lot of people who have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, but like throwing 9 million, uh, like, new drivers, like, (laughs) 16 year olds like on on the road in one day yes yes. yeah exactly here's a really fast car (laughs) go go for it right so like you know so you want you know there's a responsibility level there right as as a gun owner as someone and again not just a gun owner but you know for me and and my crew of guys i mean we train together um like we i mean i probably run a thousand rounds a month um running ar transition to pistol um movement pistol one two like different things and so we actually run through our stuff and use our stuff to, to practice. Um, and we see it as a way to not only bond, but also, you know, have preparedness in our mind. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not certainly not prepper group, nothing like that. It's just a group of buddies who like to train together. Um, and so for us, like it was a few of those guys in that group that were like, Hey man, we need to start like a training group. And you know, your brand has already created a name for itself. Like let's kind of tie the brand in with it. Mm. And, um, so we started creating that and, and that was really, um, that was cool because we started teaching, um, a, a couple different levels of shooter. You've got, you know, very beginner, which is what we call intro to pistol. That's someone who owns a pistol, never shot it, looking to maybe buy a pistol or somebody who, um, is like, yeah, I've shot it a few times, but like, I feel like I could be better. I'm like, all right, cool. So that's, that's for that guy or girl. Lots of, lots of women take that course. Lots sure. of couples take that course. Um, you know, and I mean, we have plenty of men doing it too, but ladies love that course. Um, and then we have um, uh, what you call pistol one. So pistol one is where it's like, hey, I know how to shoot my gun. I'm pretty efficient at it. Um, but I want to be better on um, things like reloading. Like if, I'm, uh, if I want to be better from drawing from holster, you know, like I want to be better from like all those things, speed, um, multi-target yep. transitions. People think that stuff like happens naturally. Like I'm sure you can probably talk to <laughs> how wrong that is. Like in, in the, it, you know, God forbid that the, the, the moment ever come where you have to, you That's know, right. act, it's those skills that you want to get that you, that you never want to use. That's right. But the importance of the training yeah. and just that muscle memory. Yep. Because I'm, I'm sure you can probably give some some statistics oh, yeah. or yeah. some 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 data on how it will not happen that way. Right. It moment. usually never goes the way you want it to. Right. Sure. So like <laughs> it's you know you're, the only hope is that you've done enough reps to where when because I always tell people in the intro classes I'm like look the reality is and any any uh, gunfighter so you know any of your fifth group guys your seal guys anybody like that who's been downrange and had bullets fired back at them mm-hmm. they will tell you that your mind and your body will go to its lowest place of training sure. in that moment. So if you train a lot, guess what? Your your mind and body will go to its lowest form, but if you train a lot, then it doesn't matter. Right. So it's going to that that one level that right. you know to go to. If you have shot your gun once, mm-hmm. you're carrying it around on yourself, 
and suddenly something pops off, your mind and body are not going to respond the way you think they will. Mm-hmm. They just won't. And so our goal is, you know, as a, as a group, as a collective, our goal is to personally be our own first responder, period. Mm. I'm not relying on the cops. I'm not relying on paramedics. I'm not relying on fire. I'm not relying on any of them. I got you. I'm, I'm going to be my family's first responder. Um, now, I'm going to call 911. Sure. But that's probably going to happen later than most people would call 911. <laughs> so, right. like, you know, if, if, if there's a burglar in my house, you know, someone comes banging, knocking through the door. Right. My first reach is not my phone. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying? Sure. So, sure. so like, yeah. that's, but, but I confidently do that and say that because, one, I have the right to defend my home and my family. Mm-hmm. Two, I, I, I'm confident I have the ability because of how much I train, mm. because of the guys I trained with. Because of the dudes, some of the dudes I train with have been shot at or shot physically, and and they know what it's like. They know how things go down, mm. and they can give you the realities. You know, you can do things like force on force training, where a dude is a grown man is literally punching you while you're trying to get to your gun. Mm. Um, like that's the type of intense training that you know you can take part in. And so, and with all that being said, you know, we have that mindset that we want to pass on to other people. You know, we we want to look at people in our class and say, look, they're there is no reason for you to be a victim ever again, ever, period. Um, you know, I have an interesting story that happened to me of where I started taking this more seriously. Um, we were in our church parking lot. It was in, it was in the evening time. We were dropping my parents off um, after, after a dinner. You know, so it was me and Elise. I think Elise and I were maybe either just married or engaged. Um, I had just started kind of carrying a pistol on me. Um, and I, you know, was carrying it outside the waistband with my shirt over it, um, which is not ideal. I don't normally tell people to do that. Um, I have our own ways now, but that was the way I was carrying then. And, uh, it, I, we were pulled up at the church parking lot and let my parents started walking back to their car. And my wife, um, looked at me and kind of hit me and said, Hey, hey, look, look, look. And probably 70 to a hundred yards in front of me, was a car parked, still running, and two guys um, got out with their hoods up, hands in pockets, approaching us. And, um, you know, no idea what their intentions are, whatever. But I kind of sat there for a second, and I was like, okay, I'm freezing, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. Like, what? Like, why am I not right. responding? Right, like and assessing it, it, you, That's right. I'm, were you assessing or were you frozen? <laughs> I, was, I was frozen. I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I feel like I should have been assessing. Now, the good news is, is five seconds later, which felt like an eternity, I started assessing. I got you. Uh, pulled my flashlight, which was in my pocket, um, shined it at them because, you know, typically if they're a perp, they might think you're a cop, right? So, right. Like, and one, and you can also identify, right? So, shine it on them, kind of flicker it a little bit, say, hey, hey, what are y'all doing? What are y'all mm-hmm. doing? You know, stop what you're doing. And they keep coming. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, okay, this, you know, could potentially be go time, right? And again, this was prior to my training days. This was just Dane carrying a gun days. So like this was not Dane prepared and have mindfulness and like knowing what I'm going to do. This was Dane hoping that I can scare them. Enough, sure. You know, sure. So, so I, so I finally, I'm like, I pull my shirt over, flash my light down at my pistol that they can see in the holster uh-huh. and flash back up at them and keep doing this kind of uh-huh. my wrist. And um, sure enough, they see that and they go, oh, shoot, like took off, you know, went back to their car and peeled right. out of the parking lot. And I sat there for a second, you know, adrenaline dump, you know, it's like, sure. it's like that feeling when you see the deer in the, for the first yeah. time and you're yeah. like, and then all of a sudden you shoot the deer, or you don't, and you're like, <laughs> all of a sudden your whole body just shuts down. Yeah. So that's how I felt. And, uh, you know, my parents were like, Hey, what's going on? Like my parents are, you know, they're clueless. Right. And my, right. my wife is actually very vigilant. She's more, mm. she's sometimes more vigilant than I am. It's, it's just a natural gift she has. 
And she kept, I mean, she, you know, saw that I was kind of panicking a little bit and kind of grabbed my wrist. was like, Hey, it's all, it's all good. Everything's fine. They're gone now. So we called, you know, called my pastor, called the cops, you know, told them what was going on. But I laid in bed that night, man. And I was like, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Had I a not had the gun. Sure. B had, I had to pull it. Mm-hmm. Like, would I've been accurate? <laughs> like, right. would I have been able to hit them? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't know those answers. And I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at my parents and I'm like, man, like it would have been on me. Like it would have been mm-hmm. on me. None mm-hmm. of them were armed. Sure. And if I had, could not have pulled that trigger or could not have shut that situation down, it would have been on me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's when my whole, you know, mantra changed and I became, gotcha. became first responder. Like that was like, I'm going to be that guy for my family and for, for myself. But, but so, and, and I like how how you're you're putting like the emphasis like for my family. You're yeah. you're not trying to be like Batman vigilante, um, go go around at night just to the, you know, hunt you, hunt bad guys that aren't there. You know, you and, can spot those guys pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, they're they're uh, those are interesting humans. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's that is not the mantra. I'm not. You know, we don't. I don't go around looking for trouble. Um, you know, matter of fact, you're you're probably not going to know ever unless you're a gunny that I have a gun on me. Sure. Um, you're just not going to, cause I conceal it and, mm-hmm. and I never, it's never out anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't wear clothing that shows that I'm a gun guy. I don't wear three percenter clothing or NRA for life stuff. Like I don't, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you're flagging yourself. Mm-hmm. You're marking yourself as a, as a person, you know, mm-hmm. as somebody who a perp's coming in the door, they're going to see that guy, right. you know? So I don't do all that and it, I don't hang out with people that do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, you know, again, different mantra. But yeah, so that's kind of that was the birth of two AS training group, and that and that. What year did that situation happen, man? Would you, so would you say at least I think at least now we're married. I'm pretty sure, but it was at least the first year. It's it's been four or five years, okay, uh, since that first happened. And so and and so that was the point, probably where the the two AS thing probably like, I mean, obviously you didn't like next day start two AS, but you probably started thinking about the legit gun safety and gun yep. training correct correct sure. is that yeah. so that was kind of the catalyst to, that's right. to get to where to where you are now and that's where i started i actually started going to um training courses um okay. like from other instructors like I, I i wanted to learn i wanted to soak it in um, I got you. and there's many many instructors out there lots of them are amazing some are terrible um so like <laughs> and some you know will and you can normally tell it's the ones that claim all these things about themselves <laughs> that are usually not the ones you want to go with. Right. It's uh, it's the ones that you hear about um, from some serious hitters that are like, Hey, this was one of the best instructors that I've ever had. Um, and then you go to them, you find out through the grapevine, all the things they've done and accomplished. I got you. Um, and you're like, all right, these guys know what they're doing. And, and I'm a civilian, right? I train other civilians typically. I have a couple military guys I've trained that they spent their whole career on an M4. They don't know a pistol. Mm. So like, they're, they're like, yeah, I was a Marine kicking down doors. I was a recon guy, but like, <laughs> I don't know my pistol. Like <laughs> I need to take a course, you right. know? And, and that's usually humbling. Cause I'm sitting there teaching a dude who, you know, got half blown up and like, sure. and lived to tell a story. And, um, and I, you know, I've got a couple other guys that, that have actually been shot, you know, or shot at, you know, overseas who actually teach with me Um, they're fantastic guys. And so anyways, that, you know, that was really the kickstart to, um, this whole kind of lifestyle change. And to be honest with you, it really was truly a lifestyle change. It was, um, you know, not going to certain places that I couldn't carry. Um, it was not, you know, taking a sacrifice of like, you know, 
um, uh, not deciding not to go to that theme park, um, you know, whatever. And there's still times where I sacrifice that, right. Um, where, you know, it's like for a family thing or whatever, that's fine. Um, that's my choice still. Um, but again, you, you, your whole, your whole mindset changes when you, you know, you feel vulnerable walking into a place Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. think differently, right? Um, Well, you're, you're, you're minimizing your risk from the get go. Like, like you're almost like you're, you're wanting to minimize the the chances that you would have to use your that's training. Right. That's right. Right. I don't, don't want to walk into a bar and armed. Like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's a right. bad decision. Right. You know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, you're, you're mitigating the chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would love that my everyday life. Um, if, if I went, if I go all the way to the day I die, I never have to pull my gun on somebody. I will be that's a the goal. happy camper. Mm-hmm. Like I will be pumped. Um, but, but walking into places where there very well could be trouble, um, and you're armed or you're not armed, just probably not a great choice if you are living this type of lifestyle, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if this is your mantra that you train people to do this, like why you can't be, um, uh, you can't contradict, you know, what you're trying to do. So, so really that's what led into it. And that's, what's kind of created a different mind shift for me. Um, you know, I, I always have people always say, well, you felt, you sound, you know, sound paranoid. And I'm like, well, I'm not paranoid. I actually live, um, in a lot of peace because one, one, cause I know my savior, Jesus Christ, but two, sure. <laughs> but that's, that's primarily my right, peace, right? right. But, but two, like I, I, I live in, in confidence, not in fear. Like, mm, and, mm-hmm. and again, it's, it's not a, you know, I'm not a, you know, a Billy bad a by any means, but and I'm not going up like looking for a fight or Mm -hmm. if some, I'm not saying there's not somebody out there better shooter than me. There's lots of better shooters than me. Lots of them. Um, there's lots of better fighters than I'll ever be. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Brazilian Brazilian jujitsu guy like Mm -hmm. at all. I would love to be, but there's a dude out there that could take me down with his bare hands and Mm -hmm. I would have nothing to do. Like, so, I mean, you know, you just, you control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you take on the mantra of, um, when I'm with my family, I am the sheepdog, you know, I'm, sure. I'm going to oversee them. I'm going to oversee my kid, my wife. And if anyone decides to do them harm, I will literally die before they're harmed. Right. Sure. So like I will, I'll put my life at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, I've met, dude, the people I've met along the way on this journey is amazing. I've met, mm-hmm. you know, guys from, uh, you know, 20 year SWAT guys who were in the front stack and for Metro, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and now, now teaches, um, uh, active shooter mitigation for schools and, and co- corporations. I've mm. sat in on his classes, um, you know, in the stuff I've learned in his class, I'm like, Oh my goodness, everyone should take this class. Like, because you learn what to do, even if you're not armed, you learn the things you sure. can do to mitigate, even if an active shooter does come in, um, all those things, man, like, I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I've met, you know, military guys, non-military guys, um, police officers, you I mean, you name it. Um, regular civilians, some of the civilians that are just like some of the best shooters in the entire world. And they're just civs, like they, you know, love shooting. Um, so anyways, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey. I've met with the 2A stippling side. Like I've, I've, I've done guns for famous country music singers. I've done guns wow. for, for big time CEOs. I've done guns for, you know, the guy that, you know, could barely afford one gun, but wants his gun done, you know, sure. like it does in all walks of life. And it's been cool to just meet each individual person. Um, you know, I try to, you know, even if someone sends me an order online, they're from California, like I try to like engage a little bit, you know, sure. like send them an email. Hey man, thanks so much for the order. Um, let me know if there's anything in the meantime that you need, you know, whatever. Um, and as of uh, a couple of days ago, I actually just hired a first employee, um, which has been pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and I'll lead more into that as to why. Um, Mm. and, uh, but yeah, it's just 
all these really cool things, man. I've just, I've, you know, the group of guys I train with and work with and shoot with, um, you know, they came from 2AS, like they like I met them through the industry. I gotcha. Um, and, and now they're some, I trust them in my life. Um, there's lots of good dudes in there and, um, you know, we're, we're very well connected and, um, just watch out for each other. So it's cool, man. I mean, 2AS, um, you know, as a brand, um, really what it signifies is again, it, uh, this idea of never be a victim, this idea of, um, second amendment rights are inalienable right? They were, mm. they were, they're truly given to you as a right to protect yourself and your family. We have that right as a mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. and people, you know, I'll have arguments or whatever, or, you know, not arguments, but just debates with people that are like, you know, why are you, you know, why are you so gung ho about this and whatever? And I always ask them, I'm like, you know, I, it boils down to, you know, kind of what you would define as equal violence. Right. So like, let's, let's use the, the rock and the stick mentality. Okay. So like, if a guy comes at me with a rock in his hand, do you believe that I should have an equal to or larger rock to defend myself? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I would say most people with cognitive ability would say, yes, you should have something that gives you the equal chance or the better chance to defend mm-hmm. you against that said rock. Right. So mm-hmm. a same size rock or a larger rock, how does it change with a firearm? Mm-hmm. Because when someone comes at me with an AR-15, mm-hmm. which there's millions out there in rotation mm-hmm. now, um, why would you want to take away the good guy's right to mm-hmm. own one when the, a bad guy's got it? Right. Because bad guy's going to bad guy. You you outlaw them now. Yeah. There's millions in rotation. Yeah. It's, this is not Australia. Right. The, the amount of firearms here versus Australia, and whether you agree or not, it's too late. Mm-hmm. There's too many in circulation now. Buyback programs will not work. Yeah. Um, your, your bad guys will always have them, mm-hmm. period. Um, some of your highest shooting rates and violence rates are in some of the biggest um, gun uh, uh, gun law areas in the United States. Mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. Louisiana, uh, uh, California, New York. Mm-hmm. Some of the highest um, amounts of gun laws right. and yet most gun violence in the whole country. Sure. <laughs> so, Crazy. So it, I mean, you tell me what, what works, right. you know? And so... So to me, bad like, guys are bad guys because like they don't follow the law. They like, don't. So putting a law, law. In, in in place does not <laughs> that's does right. not affect and, the bad that's guy. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, come on now, and like and and so people, you know, they get all up in arms when I'm like, I feel like I should be able to order a gun on Amazon. I, I, that's just how pure I feel it is. Sure. And, and they and they get all mad and they're like, oh, that's that's crazy. And I'm like, it's not crazy because if we give again federal level government more control, mm-hmm. more laws. There's already laws in place that aren't working. Why do we need right, more? Right. <laughs> you know, so like, I mean, we can go round and round on right. that because we all, we can all agree with federal government stuff. So, right. but, but anyways, you know, it, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. Sure. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of, that's 2AS really is, is an emboldened brand to encourage people not to be a victim and to stand up for what our rights truly are. Mm. Um, and that's, that's really you know, even though it's a, a gun modification company and a training company all in one, um, that's, you know, if it's anything uh, just kind of symbolic, mm. that's what it is symbolically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, that's been our mantra for a long time. Ever since ever since I envisioned the company, it's the way it's always been. Um, would always wanted it to to lead to that point. Would always want to be an advocate for Second Amendment. Would always mm-hmm. want to be that. Like if, you know, if it comes down to it and 
someone wants me to speak in front of government officials, I would love to do that. Like, I I, I'm all about that. I've got guys in my group who are very well educated and versed in that and would be willing to do that too. So that's kind of our, our deal. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's 2AS and 2AS training group in a nutshell. Um, what's funny, you know, if we go into transition mode of kind of, you know, what is next for Dane Daniels? Um, you know, we obviously 2AS is, is, is great and it's doing awesome. And, um, but what is next for Dane? And so in the midst of all of this, I, I met two individuals. Um, one's name is Matt Murphy. Um, uh, Matt Murphy is the CEO of Operation Lightshine. Um, Matt was a, a ex Green Beret, fifth group guy. Um, well, you know, worked for the CIA for several years. Um, was you know, if anything, a tier one operator. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a guy, like he was a dude. And um, with all that being said, uh, he actually lost his sister. Um, and he's very open about this story. It's on his website and everything. But he lost his sister to uh, human trafficking. Mm. And um, here you are, you know, this operator guy who could do nothing about it. Mm. And he, and he saw all the red tape. He saw all the things that the, all the lack of resources that law enforcement had. And he was like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? He's like, this is a tragedy that, you know, that's happening every day where yeah. people's hands are tied, you know, or, or they don't have the resources to make it happen or to find yeah. these guys or to just put an end to it. And, um, so I met him, um, and another guy named JC Caldwell and JC, uh, he owns a brand called live tactically, very similar to AS great guy. Awesome dude. He's the CEO of black tie movers as well. Um, they do a lot of the moving for, you know, Titans players and famous okay. kind of music singers and you know, you name it, they're a national brand. And so JC and Matt are really good buddies. JC's on the board of operation light shine. And I met with them originally talking about guns. You know, they were like, hey. And ha- how did that meeting come about? How did y'all, y'all get connected? I think maybe I messaged Matt on like Instagram. I was like, hey, man, love what you're doing. Would love to do a gun for you, um, okay. you know, as a promo thing. Sure. And he was like, bro, let's get lunch. And I'm like, all right. All right. Like not every not everyone's <laughs> immediate like that. You know, right, he was right. like, I love your stuff, man. Let's let's get lunch. And we, you know, we went back and forth. Both he and I are very busy dudes. And, you know, we it probably took like a month to actually make that happen. Hmm. And he said, hey, I mean, I invited my friend JC. And uh, so JC came along and when we got lunch, dude, and I just like, I, two things I, I took away from that lunch is one, and I, it's funny, I told my wife this when I, when I first met my wife, you know, several years ago, prior to even starting dating, I told her that I felt like God was not done with her in my life, that there was something there that we were going to reconnect at some other point. I didn't know what it was, mm. but I felt that in my heart. And I was like, the Lord is saying that you're, we're, y'all are not done. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that meant. And and I told her, I was like, I, I'm telling you, I felt that. Like, that was real. Um, and then, you know, years later, we got married. Um, and then uh, same thing with JC and Matt, not getting married, but <laughs> they're, they're going to laugh when they hear this podcast. Right. Um, you, but, you told them that. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to get married. Um, but <laughs> they would have said, okay, get out of here. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they both were like... Um, you know, we both, all three of us were like, and this feels like something, something divine happening. Like it's not, not sounding super spiritual or weird, but like something's you got that, you got that tingly yeah. feeling. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to start a cult together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we had this, just a feeling, man. And, uh, and, uh, but I mean, all three of us, we felt that. And cause we talked, you know, at lunch, we talked in, you know, over so many different things and, you know, our spiritualized, our faith, um, you know, our beliefs, our convictions, um, our businesses, all these different things. And man, we were just, all three of us were very aligned. Um, 
And so, you know, JC, I and Matt, obviously very close and good buddies, mm-hmm. but they just felt a connection. And so down the road, I, I, I did a few guns for them, did several for JC and like did a bunch of custom jobs for them and stuff. And, um, was awesome. And we really kept in touch. JC and I were getting breakfast or lunch and like hanging out, you know, and, and just vibing. And, um, you know, JC had mentioned, um, Hey, we're, you know, I was asking him how operation light shine was going. And he says, great, man, it's growing too fast. It's like, like we can't keep up almost. Mm. And, uh, and he was like, it just, you know, Matt, Matt is a go guy and Matt's getting people left and right to jump in and mm. like all these big names and all these people and all these donations, like all this stuff was happening really quickly without really kind of like a, you know, the cogs weren't ready to move almost. Um, like, you know, we don't have anyone really overseeing operations. We're looking for a COO basically. Mm. And, uh, you know, and JC's like, man, I can't do, it. I can't step away from black tie right now. He's like, I, you know, I can do some things, but, and Matt's, you know, Matt's all over the, the country doing stuff. And it's like, who's, you know, who's tying, who's shoe, who's putting who mm-hmm. on first base and second base, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, those were the things they were running into and, um, they, you know, mentioned it a couple different times about looking for a COO. And finally I was like, Hey, like, you know, I don't know why I'm asking this, but would you ever consider me? And JC was like, yes, like all caps. And like, it was like, let me talk to it's Matt. Like freaking finally. Yeah, I know you get it, was, the hint. it was, almost, it was, it was, <laughs> we were considering you until we realized you can't take a hint. So no. <laughs> and it really felt like that. I was like, I feel like they're dropping hint left and right. And I was like, and I mean, yeah, again, it was, it was funny. Cause like literally the next day. JC texts me and say, Hey, Matt wants to get dinner tonight. It was like the board's in town. Like, let's get, and I was like, mm. he was like, I know you're a busy guy. You got a kid, but can you meet for dinner? And I'm like, yeah, I'll make it happen. Right, for sure. Right. And yeah, we got, we got dinner, man. And met a couple of the board guys and, um, you know, just had a, just vibed well with them too. And, um, uh, you know, they basically said like, you know, kind of here's the job. Um, it's, it, you're basically going to be creating the job. It's like, you know, you, mm-hmm. we need someone who can build this out from the ground up. Mm-hmm you know, who has operations experience, um, who, who understands what we're trying to accomplish, who's all about the brand, you mm-hmm. know, and then, and then somebody who loves the Lord because mm. they were like, everybody on our board loves the Lord. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, we can't have some, you know, COO type guy coming in here who isn't the same, who, who doesn't love the Lord mm-hmm. and who, who, you know, may say, oh yeah, God's my homeboy, but like mm-hmm. who doesn't understand what that means, right. you know? And so, um, they just, they saw that in me. Um, and because we, I mean, we had met so many times and talked so many times and, um, you know, they basically were like, like, let's, let's significant, you know, seriously finally look at this. And, um, so yeah, about a week went by after that dinner and they, um, actually, I'm sorry, a couple of days later, Matt called me. He's like, Hey man, I'm offering you a job. When are you can start? I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and because this is what this is while you're doing two A S. That's right. This and two A S is full time at this yeah, point. Yeah, two A S is full time, and like, and um, you know, I'm growing this business. I'm building this brand, and yeah, like, it's a lot to consider. All this is happening, and all I can think about is I'm going to have to stop two A S. Right, like that's that's all I can really think about. And um, they had never even mentioned it. They were like, you know, like they were like, we love 2AS, blah, blah, blah. They love the brand, all this stuff. But they had never really said like, hey, are you going to drop this to take this on? Mm-hmm. Or, the, or are you mm-hmm. going to try to, what mm-hmm. are you going to do, you mm-hmm. know? And JC had mentioned it kind of briefly. Um, but then, you know, uh, I talked to my wife and I was like, hey, like there's so much to consider here. And m- one thing about the two differences in me and my wife, one, I am a charge the mound guy, no matter what's on the mound. I don't even know what's on the mound. I'm running up it and I'm going to knock everybody down to get there. Like, that's just like, that's my personality is just go, right? Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. something, respond. Um, right. 
which is sometimes good, a lot of times bad. Right. <laughs> so right. My wife is a slow processor. And so it helps rein me in and pull me from making stupid decisions. <laughs> you're, you're a ready shoot aim. <laughs> yeah. she, she's the ready aim shoot. That is exactly right. right. She, yeah, she's she is man wise beyond her years. No, pu- and, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, Dang really is a ready aim shoot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so so she is. You know, again, by by God's grace and understanding of who I am, gave her to me. <laughs> and, and and really blessed me with her because I man I, there's there's no person there's no man needing a woman more than I need my wife <laughs> in my life. and uh, and so for her you know she she kind of she pulled the reins back and she uh, she normally I'm sorry she normally pulls the reins back and um, within a couple hours of me mentioning to this to her she's like I feel like this is for you um, you need to spend some time in prayer but I feel like this is for you. And mm. that is not like her. Like she is, and, and she loves 2AS. Like she's all about the brand. She's been super helpful and like encouraging and affirming and all the whole process and everything. And so that was very like, whoa, okay. I wasn't ready to hear that. I was gonna, I was ready to hear all the cons from her, like the kind of devil's advocate type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, she did not do that. And she was like, wow. this might be a calling on your life that you have to answer that you don't really have a choice on. And I was like, Whoa, all right. I was not ready for this. Like, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're saying, yeah. we don't care, Dale. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So she, she just, um, that was super out of nowhere, very affirming. And, um, I had honestly felt that same way. Mm. I was like, this, this feels like it's from the Lord that this is, very much on mission for who Dane is, who Dane would love to be, desires to be. And um, with, with, I mean, I say without hesitation, you know, once they gave me the offer and they told me kind of what all that entails, I basically said like, hey, I'm going to hang up 2AS and I'm going to go full bore on this because this mission means more than customizing guns. Mm. This mission is, is, is truly of the Lord first. And secondly, is is what I've stood by on you know freedom of the oppressed and and um, uh, helping the innocent, uh, the helpless, mm-hmm. um, the people who can't help themselves, mm-hmm. um, directly going to war against evil, mm-hmm. um, and that's what this is. And um, so, w- in saying that, uh, JC, both JC and Matt, they were like. Hey, dude, don't like, don't get rid of two AS. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, they were like, yeah, what? Like, what's going on? Let's talk about this. And so, you know, JC really encouraged me. He was like, dude, like, let's figure out a way. Like, you know, we can figure out something that could work. And I was like, I was not anticipating that because sure, every other job ever done, right? It was we want one hundred percent of your time. Yep. And like, yep. do not do anything else. We want one hundred percent of your time. Yep. And these are a bunch of business owners who have their hands in multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do we like that you have this? Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. like this about you. This, mm-hmm. don't get rid of it. So with that being said, um, you know, we, we kind of paused the books for a time because we have a lot of guns in the shop right now that we're trying okay. to get done before I start with um, OLS, Operation Lightshine, because I don't start till June 1. Um, so, but I officially accepted the job and I'm doing like meetings and stuff like that or whatever, but official start date's not till June right. 1. right. And so we it really, they're just trying to get as much out of you before they got to pay you. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, trust me, they are not because they could be, <laughs> there's so much more they could be handing me and they're not. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, it, 
it kind of just, it gave me an opportunity to kind of let the wheels spin and be like, all right, like what could this really look like? Mm -hmm. Um, because, because it, it, it was at a point where I didn't necessarily like, you know, financially need to AS, but because of what operation light shine was going to be doing for us and our family. Mm -hmm. But it, I was like, man, I've worked so hard to build this up. Mm -hmm. Does Mm -hmm. it have to be owner operator or can it just be eventually owner? Like, can it be? Because mm-hmm. I'm so hands-on mm-hmm. with it. It's it's an art type style. Sure. It's like you're you're in the grind every day. Right. right. Um, but there's, there's a young guy um that that I just hired who who's in my group of dudes I train with. A great dude. He's young, he's single, has no ki- no kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and, you know, not a whole lot of responsibility necessarily, but he's actually starting his own company. He was super awesome for a twenty-two year old. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's in the same industry. It's in the firearms industry. And so he's already like mine. He knows the lingo. He knows all this stuff. He can communicate with clients really well. And I'm like, man, like, I wonder if I can kind of apprentice this guy Mm. while he's ramping up his business. Because even if he got to a point where his business was launched and thriving and doing well, he could still be doing this at the same time. And so, you know, I approached him and he'd already approached me a while ago about like working for 2AS and everything. And he actually was on, he's one of my instructors, works with the the training side, um, but didn't really have anything consistent for him um, because, you know, every bit Mm. of revenue was coming in for the Daniels family. You know, it's like, I can't really afford an employee, Mm -hmm. but then Operation Lightshine comes along and I can now afford an employee, right? So like now I'm in a position where excuse me, now I'm in a position where I can um, uh, step back, mm-hmm. start to train someone. And then we've had a couple of actually really significant, I, w- I would say, contracts come through with some very well-known names in the firearms industry. This is for 2AS. Yes, for 2AS that literally came through a few days after I accepted the Operation Light Shine job. <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, what? Like, come on. Like, of course, right? So, like, you're, you know, you're you're scrimping some months uh-huh. with building this out, and all of a sudden, of course, this happens right uh-huh. at the right time. So it, it almost, to me, affirms more, though, than it does, like, are you kidding me now? It's I like, gotcha. it's like, this is actually like, all right, I know that giving up 2AS was not, is not the play. But, but I, I and hiring this new guy is the play mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. starting to give him responsibility and training him mm-hmm. to at some point eventually really take on everything, mm-hmm. hire a couple other guys to help support him. Mm-hmm. So he would be kind of running the whole show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what he has in mind is to learn everything from me and then buy 2AS at some point um, to, to attach you. to his brand sure. for his company, sure which I'm all for. You know, it's, it's great. I, I, I would love to like hand this off into good hands onto mm-hmm. someone that I trust. Um, and, but again, you know, that's, that's years down the road, but um, really the play is that, you know, Dane is full-time COO with OLS, mm-hmm. but being able to spend a few hours in the shop, you know, on my own time with this new guy, helping him kind of apprentice style, teaching him, mm-hmm. paying him um, and really, you know, paying him well for what he's doing with this because I can mm-hmm. and I want to, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. we're in a different position now. Um, and so uh, it, really all the revenue coming from 2AS can now be utilized to invest back into 2AS sure. as opposed to being the Daniels sure. income, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's why every small business wants to get to, mm-hmm. right? They want to get mm-hmm. to that point. Um, and so now that puts us in that point while 
truly accepting a call on our on our life that we feel as a family with Operation Lightshine. Um, and so for us, you know, two things that, that we take away from it is like, one, God is good. He's sovereign. He has a better plan mm-hmm. always. Like sure. yep. he has a way better plan than we could ever dream up in our minds. Right. And two, we we feel as a family the weightiness of what's to come. Mm. Because, you know, when you when you jump into this world of human trafficking, um, you're going up against one, one, the true evil of, of what this world is. Mm-hmm. And two, you're going up against some very, very deep and powerful pockets. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate. That's, I mean, it's, and, and I hate that. It mm-hmm. makes me angry, but those are the realities. And mm-hmm. so you're going to face negativity. You're going to face um, spiritual warfare. You're going to face um, a lot of mm-hmm. like backlash that you probably aren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're coming in and you're like, you know, you feel like you're the, you know, you're the, you're the soldier and like everyone praises you. And it's like, but the reality is like the, the world hates good. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're trying to and attempting to do good, um, the world's going to attack you. So like, you know, you're kind of thinking of like, all right, skeletons in my closet, got to get them out now. You know, like, mm-hmm. like the, my, my, my mind and my spirit and my body, like I have to prepare my mind, spirit, mm-hmm. body and my home for what's coming. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, that's where I meant about weightiness earlier. Mm-hmm. And the weightiness is appropriate. Like I, I, it's, it's not like a stressful thing as much as I'm like, you know, all right, like that's the weight to bear with a role like this. And Matt told me, Matt Murphy did, he was like, look, like, as second in command at Operation Lightshine, like you're you're going to war, bro. Like you're gonna face a lot of craziness. Is, is Operation Lightshine is, is domestic or international or both? So so it's domestic at, currently and working on international plans. Okay. So and and can still operate internationally right now, but but it'll be more on an official basis here in the next few months, probably. I got you. So there's you know, and again, like a lot of those things will be announced as we go along. But like okay. right now, it's. You know, you're working with Homeland Security, um, you know, local law enforcement, um, uh, you know, basically the gambit of, of what's happening here in the states um, uh, to, to help what's happening at the southern border, um, even at the northern border um, domestically, like, you know, local things that are happening here in Nashville, um, mm. it, basically all of it. Mm. And so, you know, our goal, you know, Matt and I's goal as we as we tread this will be to basically garner the blessing of every single governor and senator in every state in the United States Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, we're taking your guys here and we're utilizing them to, to, to go and be on mission. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, most of your legislature are like, yeah, it's a no brainer, you know? Sure. Sure. But again, you know, you're, it were once I get into the throes of it, like once I really get in the thick of it, I'll probably see all the red mm-hmm. tape, all the stuff that has to happen, you know, mm-hmm. to, in order to abide under local law. Um, so, you know, again, all those things I'll be learning because I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in any of that yet. Sure. Um, but you know, for them, they saw a like-minded believer and someone who has operational experience and someone who can represent the brand well. And, you know, Matt 
when Matt called me, he was like, Hey, I'm offering the job. When you start a type, you know, that type of personality, I've, I've met a lot of those personalities. And he was like, that's just kind of how I roll, man. I find my guy and I hire him and I bring him on. Let's roll. I'm like, oh. you, you get on, you get off the phone with Matt and you feel like you can just go take on an army. Like, you don't know what you're hype about, but you're hype about something. Just to do something. <laughs> I'm ready to roll, but I don't know what we're doing, you know, but that's, that's his personality, man. And like, it's, you have to have that guy. Hopped like, up Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew. Like a spider monkey. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you can, you can certainly like feel that energy off of him. Um, but you know, at the same time, you have to have the other personalities who mm. are making the ship go and rowing the boat. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, it's, that's kind of, again, in a nutshell, um, what's, you know, what's happened for Dane in the past, um, how good God has been through all of it, mm. how he's, <laughs> he's been there at the end this whole time. He's still there at, mm. uh, in my final day at the end, you know, he's, he's, he, there's no surprise to him. Sure. And so as these surprises, quote unquote, come, mm. you know, it, I just, I, I try to, uh, in my, in my best version of myself, I live with my hands open and receiving from the Lord of like, all right, what is next? Like, instead of trying to decide and do yeah. what's next, you know? Yep. And, yep. and I think that's what I would, that's what I would try to tell, um, small business owners, you know, in general, like, you know, again, even if you're not a man of faith or woman of faith, totally fine. Sure. Find your why and, and, yeah. and figure out what, what is driving you. Mm-hmm. And, um, if it is in fact spiritual and it's the Lord, um, find, find yourself an anchor of a person. So like, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your, um, cause most entrepreneurs are like us, the mound chargers, like right. the, the ones who are the go people and right. like, um, you know, if they're good at it, they can be the go guy and the operational guy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Most of us are not both of those. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, you, you can figure out how to do it. But for them, um, I, I just, I encourage people that if they do have faith in their life and they're trying to start a business or they're in the midst of starting a business or there's difficulty happening in their business, um, you know, evaluate, evaluate, all right, am I, am I dedicating what I'm doing to the Lord Mm. or am I dedicating Mm -hmm. what I'm doing to the mission? Somebody told me once they said, um, uh, for their, for their company, what they do whenever they like have a big board meeting or a big meeting of the minds, they have a big brain dump on the board. They take their mission statement and they write it on the board first thing before they start anything. Mm -hmm. And they basically say, um, all right, all of our ideas, we're going to throw them on the board, but our mission statements there. So if, if what we're throwing on the board doesn't stick, like if it doesn't match the mission statement, right. erase it, it doesn't right. even belong there anymore. Right. And so, so for, for a small business owner or, you know, medium sized business owner or whatever, you have to keep the mission in mind. Like, why are you, are you doing this to honor the Lord? Are you doing this to make millions of dollars? That's okay. If that's your sure. goal, heck yeah, go for it. Sure. Are you doing this to just have an income? I would say if you're just doing this to have an income, you're in the wrong thing. Like right. you just are, it's not going to drive you enough. Like it's right. not, it's not going to um, push you mm-hmm. to that limit. And when you're, and when you're having to test yourself um, or you're being tested, you know, like if, if you're just doing this for money or in, just for the income, mm-hmm. you're probably going to fail. Like yeah. you're, you're probably going to fall on your face. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to that grounded person, having that person that can, um, that you can do the whiteboard with and they can be real with you mm-hmm. and tell you like, Hey, you're dreaming or mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're dreaming and it's good, but you've got other steps to take before you can get here. Sure. 
Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I just, you know, as I'm processing, (laughs) even talking to you, um, I just, I look at the, so many mistakes I made, like so many, like, um, bonehead decisions and like the type of people I have a, I have a, uh, the guy who owns Mossy Creek custom is a fantastic guy. Um, been a very prominent discipler in my life and speaks into me very honestly. And he's like my wife, you know, very slow processor. And when I first met with him, I was like, bro, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's like, I'm going to borrow money. I'm going to, I'm going to raise funds. I'm going to yeah. do all this stuff. And I'm going to build out a shop and all this stuff. Yep. And he's just kind of like laughing. He's just like, okay. Like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, why aren't you encouraging this? And he's yeah. like, cause it's stupid. <laughs> and, I, and like, I was like, why are you so mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and but it was just fun i mean we can we can banter with each other but he he basically was just like man crawl walk run <laughs> crawl walk run he kept having to tell me that yeah. and i'm like and he wasn't wrong he's yep. still not wrong today yep. and and there's been times man where if i had pulled the trigger on certain moves i like the two s would have folded yeah. Like our life would have been ruined. Yeah. Like we, we, we would have been in debt up to our eyeballs. How did you know not to pull the trigger on, on those moves? I, th- I think by being open with those anchors in my life, my wife, my, yeah. my, the, my business partner, uh, my, my family, my parents, um, yeah. you know, people who have, um, who have, who have made themselves available um, and who I have allowed in, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, my personality, I'll, I allow a lot of people in probably by default, yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm pretty honest and open and, and just mm-hmm. put it all out there. Um, but I'm, I, I've learned through so many things and so many mistakes of, of allowing only a select amount of people to speak into me. Yeah. So I'm very open with people and tell them my story, yeah. but I take everything now with a grain of salt of what mm. they're speaking into me. Mm. I don't receive a lot of things anymore mm. where I used to receive everything. Like I was mm-hmm. like, that's for me. That's for me. What they're saying right. is for me. But the right. reality is they're, they're not, they're not equally yoked. Yeah. Like they don't have the same goals. They don't have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same faith. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Wh- like again, I'm, I'm all about learning from every angle of that, of life. But like, yeah. if I'm going to, if I'm missionally minded based on my faith, mm-hmm. Why would I take advice from a non-believer? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, because that non-believer is going to do things the world's way. He's not going to mm-hmm. do things the Christ's way. Mm-hmm. So like, and again, like not being over spiritual, that's just my life. Like, and that's sure. That's it. At Dane's best version of himself. He right. lives to serve the Lord. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's just, I, I, I have been through heartache and through pain and through suffering. I've learned who to la- allow to speak into me and who to receive things from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, oh, that's been a lot of hurt to get there. That's mm-hmm. been a lot. Cause again, I am open and, uh, that's, uh, my wife has been so patient. <laughs> like I told you earlier, there's no man that needs his wife more than I do my <laughs> wife. Um, she has been utterly patient with mm-hmm. my development mm-hmm. as, as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, as um, as a discipler, as a person being disciple, they just see us as, as other kids, dude. That's that's she. She sees you just like she sees oh, your four year old man. She shakes her head at me <laughs> on a regular basis, <laughs> and you know it, it. She's she just she is such a good reminder um, in 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 how she lives, and then also like just in her voicing her mm-hmm. feelings to me. She's a great reminder of like, hey, like keep in mind your goals, keep in mind why you're doing any everything that you're doing. 
Um, but if you lose, it's kind of like it's the whole, it's the verse about um, losing the whole world um, or gaining the whole world, losing your soul. Mm. Right. And she's like, you're, you know, your family was given to you first. Um, that's your first ministry. Um, and then, and then the rest is discipleship and growth mm. and pursuing the things that the Lord is again, receiving mm-hmm. hands, right. What the mm-hmm. Lord's giving you, mm-hmm. but it is clear and evident that your family is, is who God truly gave you to minister to. And so as, as being a father of a four-year-old boy, there's only so much you can relate to a four-year-old boy with, right? Like there's, he's, he's a wild man. He's all over the place. Like he just wants to wrestle dad. I'm a jungle gym basically. And that's our bonding time right now as a four-year-old. I don't always want to be a jungle gym, but I have to come home and be a jungle gym sometimes. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and, and it's fun. And we get to, you know, and and we get to, uh, like actually get to talk with him now. He's actually, you know, actually like reasoning and and learning and it's, it's so cool, but he, he doesn't, if I'm out discipling other people or growing a business or like serving at our church, whatever, he doesn't understand any of that. Mm-hmm. He just knows daddy's gone. Mm. So like, and, and my wife understands it. She, she knows that the things I'm doing are pursuit of the Lord, but also the time I spend with her, I have to be a husband. I have, mm-hmm. to, I have to, um, like my calling, my true, a true calling all my life is to be her husband. Um, God gave us that. The second part is you have to be a father, no matter what stage they're in in life. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to be cautious as an entrepreneur type. You know that that you know if you're if right. you're looking at I don't I don't like referencing the enneagram, but if you look at the enneagram, a high eight, right? Like yeah, that's what I am yeah. through and through. And those those people, um, you hear it happen a lot with pastors. The pastors are, there's a lot of charismatic type pastors and big personalities. Their families suffer generally. Mm. Um, their families get left in by, on the curb. Um, right. they, they, they're gone or they're not serving their family and they're off serving other things. They're doing God's work, but they forgot their first ministry. Mm. And, and for me, like my wife is so good at helping me process that of like, Hey, like no matter what you do, remember your faith and remember your family. And, and the, those things, those are what we have to answer to in the end. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because no matter what kingdom I build here on earth, none of it goes with me. Um, and what gets recognized is legacy, right? My son's still going to be here most likely when I leave. What What is he going to think of dad? Um, and so I so that's big for me. That's a really important, again, in Dane's best version of himself, that's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um in Dane's worst version of himself, he doesn't do good, good in that arena. Right. Um, but the good news is I have a ton of accountability in my life. Yeah. I have a lot of really good men that have that speak into me, who hold me accountable, who watch out for me, who know this about me and um, and fight for me, mm-hmm. go to go to war spiritually with me. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, uh, that's that's. Uh, I guess kind of the wrap up of <laughs> who Dane is. I, I was probably really long winded. That's um, awesome. But no, man, I, I I'm, I'm grateful to be able to share that with you. And it's been good too. Cause you know, for us, like it gets a catch up moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's why I haven't said a word. Cause it's, it's, it's been so good just to, I haven't had to ask you <laughs> these questions. You just, uh, you, you've laid it all out there. You've, you've really kind of, kind of defined the essence of wide open podcasts, you know, and it just, Good, man. Um, that's awesome. My, one, of, one of my goals with it is just to be wide open yeah. and, yeah. and say, Hey, here, 
here, here, here it is. Yeah. Here's, here's who I am. Here is the journey I've been on, Mm -hmm. you know, creating a business and, um, transitioning through the different phases of a business. And this is what it's like. Yeah. And man, uh, as you've been talking, there's been a few, a few, um, words that, or, or thoughts that have come through my head and, I'm starting to see this trend through uh, for, for, for business owners, um, especially like successful small business owners. Um, and one of those just, it, well, there's a few, one, one is passion and uh, uh, Jason Terrell, who was on um, the uh, first installment of the wide open road trip, um, he explained, you know, he built race cars mm-hmm. and he was explaining, hey, I'm, I'm in the passion <clears throat> business or, you know, we're, we're a passion business. Like mm-hmm. building race cars is his passion. Yeah. Right. And so through that, he was able to start a business and, but he was able to, he, he realized that his passion w- in, in the business world, um, he, he realized that building race cars, you can only like do that like to you can only scale that so much right, right. and it's kind of like with with uh stippling or right. other things like you're like uh, the, the gunsmithing yep like you, you're not gonna be able to charge what this stuff's really worth you'll never be a multi-millionaire gunsmith <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and so he realized like you know he had to trans not transition but he had to um grow the business in different ways which is what it sounds like you you've done with 2as mm-hmm. going from just the stippling to the the gun safety and the, in the gun training courses and, and growing like that. So that's, that was the, one of the first things that stuck out to me when through listening to you is that your, your passion is what led into two AS and what has ultimately led into operation light shine. Mm-hmm. And sure. you know, it's, it's crazy when you, when you find something that really is your passion, mm-hmm. like it, it gives you a solid foundation. Now, um, so I, th- I think that's one of the factors you need when starting a business. Um, the second factor is probably the family, the family piece of it. Yeah. Right. Um, talking with other business owners, man, they've all got that solid foundation at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ones that don't are the ones that are in business for a little bit. And then when the business gets to that point where it could take off, it ends up failing because the business requires so much more of you. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're not solidly rooted in the Lord and in your, your family Mm -hmm. at home, ultimately your family ends up taking the brunt of that. And either that fails or the business fails. Yep. Right. That's exactly right. And sometimes both. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was, that was kind of the, the, the number two thing, um, that, that, that really stuck out to me is, is that, um, your wife, uh, Elise, you know, seems to be, um, very, very supportive mm-hmm. and very much on, on board yeah. with, with Dane very and so. Dane's goals. And it's, 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 it's not just Dane's goals. I mean, I feel like they're from listening to you speak, they're, they're, they're goals. y'all's goals. Yeah, right. Sure. Right. And, sure. and when, when you come home from work or whatever it may be, and you feel like you're talking to your wife who 
has the same goal, it makes those conversations so much so easier. So much easier. Um, because because now now you're both talking from from right, right. from from a uh, a common point with a with a common vision. You're not coming home trying to convince and That's and right. you know That's you right. know what I mean. And, and really then hard. you you can be you can be honest with each other. Yep. But when when you feel like you're you're at at two different starting points, you're, you're now it's a debate and you're trying to convince the other and just, it doesn't flow well. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't produce good results for a business and it doesn't produce good results for a family. That's right. No, you're exactly right, man. That's a really good word too. Cause mm-hmm. like y- when you come home, you want to feel like you're talking to your partner, not, mm-hmm. not trying to convince someone who is not like-minded, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, cause you're, you, when you like, Originally, you, you're a gun guy and you love guns, and your wife's like, "Those are expensive, like, <laughs> right?" Like, of course, yeah. that's where it starts, yeah. right? But like, yeah. uh, all of a sudden, this is making money for our family. Like, wait, well, this is different, mm. you know? Like, and and you're passionate about it, and this like you you seem more fulfilled, like from doing. Like, mm. suddenly, mm-hmm. there the mind shifts changes, yeah. and mm-hmm. and again, she's she's watched me go down the rabbit hole of working for the man, mm-hmm. and and working for men who claim to be one thing and then they're, then they're not. Mm. And then we'll do things to manipulate and, and double cross you and all these things. Mm. And she's like, so, so, so when I was like, I'm going to work for myself, she was like, yes, because I'm so <laughs> sick of men hurting my husband. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of them manipulating him and, yeah. and using his hard work and, and using his work ethic and, and using it for their gain. Yeah. And like, she's like, stop making other men rich. Yeah. And basically <laughs> when, when I came, uh, it was, it was probably about a month, two months after I'd left Chick-fil-A to, to do SFE full time. Uh, uh, I was sitting at the table one day and I was like, I don't know if you've noticed, or maybe it's just me, but, I feel like I'm in a lot better mood. Like, and she's like, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was thinking the same thing. You know, I just, you know, just yeah, feel more fulfilled. And, uh, yeah. So, so that gives her confidence. Like, all right. Yeah. Th- this, this yep. is the, the, is the road we need, we need to be on. Right. Um, man. And with that being said, um, an- another thing that stuck out to me was that, Opposites really do attract. You're talking about how Gosh, yes. no no one needs their wife more than you need your wife, yeah, and you. uh, man, just the and uh, just just the 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 grounding that Emily gives me, and the comfort and and the security that that I have in her. Yep. Um, man, th- those things are they're, they're priceless. They're invaluable. they're they're those invaluable resources that it takes to really run a business right. or make a life-changing decision to be a um a, a COO at a um sex trafficking um nonprofit sex trafficking uh, elimination nonprofit yeah, sorry is, yeah, yeah <laughs> I had to figure out the word <laughs> we got you yeah so um yeah man just uh, opposites really do attract and when it comes to creating a business and it sounds like Matt you know is doing those things like he's 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 looking for those people to fulfill though to fill those voids in um in, in this in this nonprofit to make it grow you know That's right. the, the operations piece like man we've got all these like-minded people who have to have, have the same vision yep none of us just have got have have the the wherewithal to figure out how to make that vision yep. become a reality in, in an operational standpoint right and that's where they've brought you on right um, so yeah, man, it's, 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 I go through the same thing with, with SFE, mm-hmm. you know, right now, um, you know, 
manager, I'm owner, I'm salesperson, I'm HR, you know, all these things. And it's like, yeah, like, all right, who I need to bring on next. And like step one, I've got to get out of, of every night operations. And so that's, that's one step I've taken. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay, now which hat do I take off next? Is that sales? Is that HR, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, you, 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 or constantly, you're you're, you're the um, was the high A. I don't know. There's so many personality yeah, um, no, tests and things now, but you you are that person who's constantly dreaming and you're constantly looking for a need that you can help address. Um, with the two AS stuff, mm-hmm. it was you know firearm safeties. There's nine million new gun owners. Those gun owners, new gun owners, need training. That's right. Um, for existing gun owners, you know, mm-hmm. some of those gun owners need their guns to look better <laughs> yeah. um, or, or whatever it may be. Sure. And with Operation Lightshine, there's a need for someone to be an advocate yeah. um, against against the world of of sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, th- those are really just kind of the, the, the points that um, stuck out to me as you were talking. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be they're like those like having that solid foundation. Um, really seems to be a common theme that I'm beginning to hear from various business owners. Sure. Um, and then the the need, the, the ability to see, to understand that you need other people pouring into you. Yes. And you need the right people pouring into you. That's right. You need to choose, like choose your ride or die. That's right. And, and roll with those people. Yep. You know, choose five to 10 or maybe yep. less. Yep. Um, and, and take time of, like if you meet someone and you're like, ooh, this person's like-minded, be careful because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. time does truly tell yeah. who they really are. Yeah. And people can pretend and fake it very, very easily, especially if they see you growing and they want to attach themselves mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, or if you're, you're a dynamic personality, they want to attach themselves to that dynamic personality, right? And you can you can be damaged by that and hurt by that and that could that could be a season of drawing you backwards as opposed to catapulting you so like just be careful i mean like i mean and again like there's no true vetting way to be able to do it 100 percent. but you know get your circle of influence man and just stick with it like Mm -hmm. i mean and that you know you can listen i mean a podcast are awesome and stuff like that and those are really cool and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's a different level of of Mm -hmm. allowing people to speak in you that's completely different sure but like your people that you're going to say, Hey, here's where our financials were this month. And I'm, I'm angry and I'm mad and yeah. like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Don't give that to everyone. <laughs> like, Give that yeah. to your circle of influence and the ones who you ha- who have spoken into you and have not failed you and who have stuck with you mm-hmm. side by side in the hard and in the good. And mm-hmm. those are the ones that do that with, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But man, I don't know. You have anything else to add? Because I, I feel like I kind of want to end it on that. That, yeah, that, that. that was really good. Yeah, no, that's great. I'd love to end it there. Yeah, so. awesome. Well, Dane, thank you so much yeah, for, for coming you. on. I know it was kind of last minute. I know we, we kind of talked about it uh, here and there Yeah. Um, about it, but it, I think it was just seems like just a few days ago. She said, hey, I can do Thursday <laughs> night. And I'm like, all right, right, I'll be there. I love it. Um, I love so, it. But yeah, man, uh, 
man, it's just it was just great have great having you. Great great to hear the story of two AS and to be here in the beginning of yeah, your story with um, Operation Light Shine. Yeah. Um, real quick, I don't is there a way for people to get information, more information about two AS or sure. more information about Operation Light Shine? Yeah. So um, as far as Operation Light Shine goes, um, on every major social media platform, obviously. Um, OperationLightShine.org is a really good way to okay. like, kind of look deeper into that. Um, you can sign up to be volunteer through the website. You can sign up to donate, all those different things. Um, so that's probably the best way to do it. Um, as far as 2AS is concerned, again, on every social media platform, um, 2ASTippling.com. Um, okay. You can actually go in there, watch our story, look at a cool video, watch, look at the order process, how you, you know, if you want to custom your customize your firearm, whatever, like all that stuff's there. If you want training, it's there. Um, so really, yeah, it, that's kind of the easiest, quickest way to find info for both of those entities. So, all right. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for the second installment of the wide open road trip. Thank you, Dane. Thank you, and thank Jeffrey. you to all you guys that have tuned in to listen. We'll catch you next time.